welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not, and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at BackPocketSocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm super excited to have Lindsay Hughesman on today. Um, Lindsay and I, I'm not sure officially when we first met, but I know it was through FFA um, in, in the high school, college years at some point. Um, we're from the kind of the same region of Kansas. So very excited to have you on today and sharing your story. Um, Lindsay and her husband, Mark, manage Schusman Ranch, which includes commercial cow-calf pairs and alfalfa production. And they are blessed with the opportunity to care for the land and cows and raise their two children in central Kansas. Lindsay is a ranch wife, and also describes herself as a homeschool mom, cowboy cook, feed truck driver, cowgirl, dog mom, skincare guru, curriculum writer, and laundry extraordinaire. And I think all of those titles, or at least a lot of them, a lot of us can identify with and understand what that means. Uh, if you know, you know, today's pioneer women are multifaceted, and I completely agree with that, Lindsay. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm super excited to be here with you, and I have enjoyed listening to your podcast and just learning about all the incredible stories that everybody has. Um, everybody has their own story, and none of us do it the same way. So super cool to learn, and I'm happy to share. I'm so glad people have been willing to share their perspectives, because I think we learn so much just from hearing how other people are doing it. So tell us a little bit about your ag background, how you came to be involved in agriculture, and what led you to your long list of job titles today? <laughs> well, I grew up on a family farm in southeast Kansas, and my dad farmed with his brother and his dad, so my grandpa, um, so multi-generations on the farm. And growing up, I loved it. I always had cousins close by and we we got to help on the weekends and when we didn't have school. And I remember when I was a small girl, grade school age, my dream was to be my dad's hired man. And I would pretend that he had given me this list of chores and things that I had to do. And that was what I thought I was going to do. Um, then... 
as I got older, I got involved in agriculture classes and FFA through school and absolutely fell in love with that realm and the people involved in that. And so went to K-State, majored in agricultural education, and I taught high school ag for eight years in a small school. Absolutely loved it. And... I met my husband at K-State and he also grew up on a family ranch. And so it worked out perfect. Um, I know people say that a lot of people say that you will marry somebody that's like your dad. And it's scary. Um, My dad and my husband, Mark, um, have the same work ethic and the love of the land and agriculture and people and telling stories and So it's just been a really fun transition for me to go from my family farm to his family farm. That's awesome. What a cute story, too, thinking you were going to have your list of tasks from your dad and just go out and do that every day. I'm sure that's still what you do when you go home, probably get a list of tasks. It is, except he doesn't write it down for me like I thought that... (laughs) It would be on this printed list or something. That's not how this world works. <laughs> well, you never get to plan that far ahead, right? No, absolutely not. Every every day is different. Every hour is different. And on the on the farm and ranch, you may set out to do one thing and something comes up and your your day totally looks different than what you thought it was going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit about that. I know that's a very big question, but what is the typical or atypical day-to-day look like for you? There is no typical day. Uh, so as you you mentioned in the intro, we do homeschool. We have two children, seven and nine, and we actually started homeschooling um, during the pandemic, and we just never went back to school. We, we liked having a, a home and found some really great curriculum. And so we have started homeschooling. So that has changed what the day-to-day looks like a lot. Um, for me, on a typical day, we try to do our school in the morning and aim to be done by noon. And so then we have the afternoon to do whatever needs done. However, that varies a lot by season to season. And during calving season, so starting in February until the end of March, actually the kids and I check pastures every morning. And so then we're working school in, you know, whenever we can find time to do it. And sometimes it's in the feed truck. (laughs) And that's that's okay. It works for us. And um, so every day is different. But I I really feel like my role on our farm and ranch um, is to keep my husband, Mark, in the field or keep him being as productive and as effective as possible. And so sometimes that is feed truck and coaxing cows. Sometimes that's, I need to be on a horse, horseback and helping get things in. Sometimes it's making those parts runs, shuffling things around. And a lot of times it's preparing meals because everybody needs to eat. So every day it's definitely different. For sure. Well, a couple of things are I want to dive into a little more. So I didn't realize that you guys shifted to homeschooling during the pandemic and then stayed. So what was that transition like, if you don't mind sharing? Well, for all of us, March 2020 was absolutely insane. It was the spring break that never ended. And, um, you know, honestly, Mark had 
always ask me if I had thought about homeschooling and I had not. I taught in a public high school. I loved our school. I loved the teachers. I thought that's where my kids would would be. Mm -hmm. And with that, that little bit of nudging from my husband, and I, I think it was 100% selfish. He wanted the kids around here and seeing what we do and being part of that. And so when we were home in March 2020, our oldest was in kindergarten. And we were trying to, you know, at that point, it was that really important time when they were just starting to figure out, sounding some words out on how to read. And so I went looking online for a better way to help him because I didn't feel like I was adequate, didn't know what I was doing and found just really great curriculum and then found a really good community of other moms in the area. There had always been a few homeschool families in our area, but at that point it just boomed and we are a really rural area and there are uh, at least three different co-ops that are within 30 minutes of a driving distance for me. And so just the opportunity to connect with other parents um, really helped and really supported us and, and encouraged us and made me feel like I wasn't doing it by myself. There's always somebody to ask questions to. Um, so that's kind of how we got into it. And, and we just absolutely love the schedule. We love the kids are helping us work calves and we don't have to worry about if we're getting to bed on time, we were just setting that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So was there any big surprises or adjustments then as you guys transitioned into homeschooling? What did that look like? Is that, I mean, for you, for the kids, what, did, what was it like? Well, for me, I'm a lot more tied down now. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a lot. It does take a lot of accountability just to yourself because we it's so easy to get distracted every day and i would love to be outside 24 7. and so it really takes a lot of accountability to say okay now we really do need to focus and do do some things on our school list and and so i think that's probably the hardest like a lot that responsibility has fallen on me now to make sure that we are doing the things that we need to do and um so that that is the the biggest change there yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, I love hearing people's stories about like how they come to homeschooling. We've had quite a few folks on the podcast, not really by intention um, that homeschool, but just kind of like by it, it happens to be a common thread. So it's interesting how everyone's stories are just a little bit different of how they come to it and what it looks like for them. Yes. And I will always say too, I don't know what the long term looks like for us. Like I take it a year at a time. Like it's, per we are really happy with where we're at in this season. I can't predict five years down the road what it looks like, but we take it one day at a time. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, the other piece that you talked about there in the day to day is your role or your kind of responsibilities is to make sure that the homeschooling is getting done, but then also to make sure that Mark is staying productive out in the field and not getting held up by other tasks or other things. Has that always been your role or how did you come to know that that was your place, your your thing that you were doing? When I was working full-time 
and teaching, I got to help out on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I always enjoyed that time. And but also felt like I I was missing out on really knowing what was going on or understanding because I was gone a lot. And so I just didn't have a full grasp of what the whole operation and how it all fit together. Um, so when when I did um, quit my, my teaching job, that was one of the things I knew. I wanted to be more involved in the day-to-day and but my 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 strength is not in making management decisions for the farm and ranch. That's just not I I don't know what fertilizer we need to put on or how many cows we can have per acre. That's not that's just not my strength. And I am more than glad to let Mark make all those decisions and support him in any way that I can. So I think that's really important on the family, on the family, you know, we've, we work with um, Mark's family. And so everybody has a role to play and it's identifying what each person's strengths are because they're not the same. And then in, and figuring out who's making decisions about what, and then everybody playing the role. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when everybody's doing their role, it works great. It does. Yeah. It's finding that role that I feel like is sometimes challenging, especially when you come in to maybe where like you came into Mark's family and there were already roles in place for everyone. And then it's kind of like a big shift when you change things up. Like when you left your job and came do, to doing this for, more full time, it's like, what does that look like? And there's so many unanswered questions. Absolutely. And I think there is... And I've seen it maybe in this generation, but there's definitely a shift about a woman's role also. Mm-hmm. And and I am a little bit more hands-on than um, Mark's mom would have been in the fact of, you know, driving a rake tractor in the summer in the hay field and being horseback and doing some of those things. And so that's, you know, I think that's a shift for everyone. And it's not that I have to do those things, but I, t- I enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. So that I want to do those things. Yeah. Finding the way to do the things you enjoy and also be very beneficial to the operation as a whole. It's yes. A fun process. I say fun. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> yes. And we've all been there when we had that oops moment, right? When we cut the corner too short or <laughs> did something really silly that I know my husband wouldn't have done, but it happens. <laughs> I experienced that as well. Um, somebody, I didn't grow up on a farm. I grew up on a hobby farm. Um, and so learning to like drive equipment or be more hands-on with that kind of stuff, it's just, it feels like a lot of responsibility because you know, oh my gosh, if I break this or if I screw this up, it's going to be like a big deal. So it's kind of hard. I feel like there's a lot of pressure in that learning environment. Do you do you feel that way as well? Yes, yes. And technology has changed so fast. The, the tractors that I grew up on back home and, and maybe we weren't 100% up to date. So that could be part of it too. <laughs> Um, but the tractors today, when you get on them, it's like a spaceship. Yeah, I had. Uh, so the learning curve is steep, and and yeah, like I never want somebody else to have to spend time fixing a mistake that I made, 
And and that's really hard because I can't always fix things, right? I, mm-hmm. I can't fix something on the tractor. Right. If something's wrong with the computer on it, guess what? I I can't do it myself. And sometimes that's hard to not be 100% self-reliable. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to just admit and ask for some help. Yeah. I and all things do. <laughs> yes, I struggle with that too. But that's why... That's why husbands have the skills they do <laughs> to fix some things sometimes. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's see. I'm kind of losing my place here. I had a whole bunch of questions after that, but um, we've went all over. I know already. Um, as it, your kids have grown, so you guys have been homeschooling almost three years now. How has um, that shifted just as they get a little bit older? Because I know like the level or amount of length of time that they can focus on that versus be involved in other tasks on the farm shifts dramatically in that age range as they kind of get a little older. Yes, absolutely. Each year of school gets harder and harder and requires more time. That's an adjustment for me and the kids both. Um, Hagen, his his first year at home, we could be done in an hour. It was, you know, it was easy. And, and so as we've shifted, it takes more and more time. And it's also hard. They're in different grades, first grade and third grade this year. The third grade workload is more than the first grade workload, which makes sense to you and I. To, to the kids, they're like, wait, that's not fair. How come she only had to do this? <laughs> so managing that. Um, so yes, the work the workload of the school becomes a little bit more and more, but they also get more independent. And so as as they can read better, there are pieces of that that they you can also turn them loose and they can do that on their own too. Yeah. Yeah. Have they been really excited and like wanting to learn more stuff on the farm? What are they excited about learning there? Yes. Um, our oldest is a mini mark. Oh, he is into everything that's going on on the farm. He could tell you more. I know he knows more than I do about what's going on because he's a sponge and he completely absorbs everything from everyone. And so and he's an outdoor outdoors kid. And so the homeschool schedule for him has just been Perfect. Um, really good motivation for him to get those lessons done. And then he can go with dad. He can go with grandpa. He can do, be outside and do whatever needs to be done and not miss out on anything. And so that's, that's been a, that's just been a lot of fun for them. And, and that flexibility. We also love that we can, we can go visit cousins. We can go see grandma. We can, we can do some of those things whenever it works with the farming schedule. So if we have a rainy day, guess what? We're going to do something fun. Oh, that makes me smile. Just hearing you talk about like how he's just so anxious to get out there and spend time with dad and grandpa, like what special opportunities that he would not otherwise have to, to have that like real quality time with them. Yes, I think, and I think that's a perspective shift that we all got when we were forced to be at home in the pandemic. Mm. Um, just getting to spend time with family and how how precious and important that was. And um, we actually, my my dad passed away during that time frame, and I think that brought a lot of perspective to me too. That is so limited. You know, our time is limited, and every chance that we can get. 
to be together and and to let the kids get to know family and spend time with them like that's time that you don't get back so Um, we are I, i feel like we're more appreciative of that um in because we we got that experience Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, I mean, it's hard to say because it changes so quickly. But when we talk about generational transition, just having him have had that knowledge pass from your his grandpa to him at such a young age, that's going to make such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it gives gives more perspective about how things yeah. were and, and seeing that progression yeah, just how things develop over time and change and yeah that's really cool and and my kids are both into history like our favorite um the only thing that we watch on tv is like history channel or documentaries <laughs> crazy i love it i because i also like history um so it's fun to to see them have that passion too very cool very cool um i feel like this might be an question I'll ask and then you'll be like, it's too soon to tell. But is it different teaching your kids versus teaching in the classroom? How is that? How do you compare the two? Um, well, for one, I can't send them home when the bell rings. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Mom you need that break sometimes. Yes. It's like that reset, right? Like if things didn't quite go well, that's okay. Send them home and then I'll, I'll retry it again. Um, so that's, that's, I think that's the, the biggest change is that it's, oh, oh, I feel like we never leave the school because it's with us all the time. Mm-hmm. It's also a benefit, right? Because there's always constantly things that I can apply to, Hey, remember when we were talking about nouns <laughs> what's a noun that you see out the window or you know just making some of those connections to what we're learning uh is is fun too yeah that's cool uh did you feel that way at the beginning as well or was it like did you have to kind of come to that realization of there's good in the fact that it never stops or did it feel like, oh my gosh, it never stops? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ebbs and flows, just like anything, right? Like you have good days and you have bad days. And one of the biggest, I, I am a, I'm a planner, and I've had to learn one in the ag, ag industry, the farm. Like you can't just pencil in on your calendar what you're going to do every day because that doesn't work. And the same thing for me with school because I was used to having a very set schedule and a list of, okay, this is what I'm going to do in this class. This is what I'm going to do in this class. This is what time it starts. This is what time it ends. Mm -hmm. And I had to let go of some of that control. I had to let go a lot of that control and become a lot more flexible and accepting of, okay, you know what? We didn't get through all of that. It's okay. And, and just kind of letting our schedule roll. Um, so I don't, when I do my planning, I, And when I was teaching in the school, it was very script, you know, very listed out and scripted. And I've gotten a lot more flexible in that. And so I'll just make a list of, okay, this is what I'd like to do this week. And I cross it off as we go and whatever isn't crossed off rolls to the next week. And it's okay. That's a very good approach. I feel like that would be a huge struggle for me. We, we think about, I'm a, I'm a planner as well. And that's been one of the biggest things that I've wondered, like if we ever did go the homeschooling route and we've talked about it some, but 
finding the time to plan what's coming next. And then when it doesn't go to plan to adjust it, I feel like that takes a lot of bandwidth and a lot of practice to get to that point. Yes. And, you know, it's it's different every year. Last year, we were still doing school like June 15th and it was driving me insane. But I took, you know what? I take a deep breath. I'm like, it's okay. It, it doesn't matter. Real. We took a lot of days off in April last year. And so it made sense that we were still doing school June 15th. Mm-hmm. This year, we're going to be done next week. So I'm super excited. That's awesome. And it's a lot of that just removing comparison or that this is how it should be from our minds to this is how it is. And that's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Like you said, comparison in mom life is real in everything, everything. Hey, it's Lexi here, and I'm interrupting the show to tell you about a new option we have for marketing support for you. I've met so many people the past six months who are looking for DIY marketing support. And while I primarily offer marketing packages and website design in my marketing business, I'm excited to have something just for you DIYers too. So I know you need answers quickly to help you overcome tech challenges and get feedback on your marketing content when you have a spare minute to work on it. And you want to keep growing and learning how to make your marketing work in a way that makes sense for you. Here's what I've got for you. First, you can sign up for a free marketing toolkit, which includes social media post templates, email marketing outlines, video ideas, and a content planner and tracker. And to get tutorials and answers to those pressing questions, sign up for our weekly marketing tutorials for just $10 a month, where we tackle your most frustrating challenges together. Or sign up for the marketing support line, where you get direct access via text message to ask all of your tech support and marketing advice questions. It's like having a marketing and tech support person in your back pocket. We solve website issues, social media challenges, and just give feedback on the content you're creating. You can find those options at LexiWrightConsulting.com slash social under marketing support. Let's see here. A lot of the things that we talk about with homeschooling and raising kids on the ranch, we talk about the kids, but I think it's just as interesting to talk about how that works for the parents as well and how it you make it fulfilling for you and how you choose to find the pieces of joy for you. Like it's for your kids, but it's also for you. Um, so what's that look like for you? What kind of things have you put in place to fill your cup? as you do these different responsibilities? Oh, absolutely. Um, So self-care is very important and it's hard. (laughs) The farm never stops 24 seven, right? Uh, But that is one of the things that I noticed when we started doing this was that we were, we're schooling together, we're living together, we're working together. Like we are together 24 seven, a lot. (laughs) And so for me, it was coming up with some kind of a, a daily routine that just kind of working on my mindset and getting my mind right. And that is for me in the mornings, I need to be up before anybody else is up, just to have a little bit of quiet time and just decompress, right? Um, before the chaos starts. And that was something that I, I had never done before. So um, working in that morning routine has been really important. And another piece of it is just finding a community. And there's a couple of 
of ways to look at this. One is a community of like-minded people that are kind of going through the same kind of thing. So that's my homeschool co-op group. Somebody that I can ask questions to and I know they get, they know what the struggle is. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important to find a community that also challenges you, makes you better, right? And mm-hmm. so that is not necessarily people that are, are homeschooling or are farm wives, um, but just people that inspire me and make me feel motivated and, and want want to keep growing and getting better. And so um, for me, those two communities are a different group. Um, one is a group that I see in person. One is actually a virtual group that I see on Zoom and get together with a group of ladies. And then we might see each other once or twice a year in person. Um, but having that adult adult conversations, uh-huh. a conversations for me is really important. Yeah. Tell me more, if you don't mind, about how you kind of identified that need for that different community of just not just like-minded, but also challengers and how you went about finding that. So uh, maybe a little bit of just falling into it. Mm-hmm. Love when that happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I It's so easy to go, go it alone and living on the ranch, and I've said this to people, like I could go weeks without seeing another human being. Yeah. It, unless I force myself to, <laughs> which is nice at one, in one aspect. And then, you know, but I know it's important because that's what makes us grow. And so when I quit teaching, um, I'll, I'll be honest, like I, I, I quit teaching. I didn't really know what I was going to do, help out on the ranch. And I just, I needed something that was, wasn't for me, something that was mine. Mm-hmm. And that is when um, I had a friend reach out to me and ask me if I had ever thought about selling skincare. Mm-hmm. No, I have not thought about being a salesman or doing anything like that. And she's and she said, "Well, I think you'd like it." And and it took me a few months to come around to the idea of, well, what do I have to lose? I'll try it. And that is where I fell into this community of of people that are not necessarily like me, um, but that do inspire me and challenge me to be better every day. And it's and the things that I can learn. Um, so we 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 live all over the country and we work together. Um, but more recently, I feel like it's just a it's a support group for for a group of women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody's sharing about a Bible study that they're doing and inviting, you know, does anyone want to be part of it or a book? We've done a book study before, a virtual book study, which was kind of fun, just something different and um, just connecting and just just supporting each other in different ways. Um, so that's that, you know, a community that I stumbled into. And I have been really, really thankful for some of the friendships that came out of that that I would never have had um, any other way. And this is one thing that I have often said is that I don't I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I really don't. I'm still evolving. Um, but I strongly believe that we need to set ourselves up to be ready to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. I feel like so many of the things that I've done in life, I, I feel like we're not on my my mapped out plan, but I've just kind of 
popped up. And because of things that I did to prepare myself, I was able to go ahead and walk through that door to that new opportunity. So um, just being ready to take advantage of opportunities and to listen to those nudges that you're getting to to say yes. Hmm. I feel like that's always good advice to be constantly looking for how to better yourself and prepare yourself for whatever may come your way. Um, but that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you found that community of people who challenge you. I love one of, I mean, that's honestly a very selfish reason I enjoy these podcasts um, is because I get to talk to people, especially moms who are just maybe a couple steps ahead of me, like their kids are just a little bit older than mine, or they're doing things a little bit different. And I love hearing that different perspective of what's what's ahead or what could be ahead. <laughs> One thing that I haven't talked about that I would I would be remiss if I did not mention that. One thing that really allows us to do what we're doing is one, our neighbors. Mm. We have the best neighbors and that's a really broad term because they don't live right next door to us. Um, but when we trade a lot of labor back and forth with the farm and ranch and help each other out. And when we do that, um, just like last week we were working our spring cabs, everybody brings their families. So the kids are involved and the wives are involved and everybody's looking out for each other, right? Because we know that what we do isn't, is dangerous and it involves livestock and, and it, it, sometimes things happen fast and everybody is looking out for each other's kids. And, and I have even seen, you know, one of our neighbors would be like giving advice to one of our kids about shortening up his reins or, you know, where he should be and, and helping them understand. And so I think that is something that I have, I absolutely love um, about where where we're living and, and our neighbors is just everybody helping out. And you know that you always have somebody you can call. And I have the, I have the best in-laws in the whole world. Oh, that's really special. And that's a really good community um, for your kids to grow up in. Like how incredible that they know they have this group of adults to look to and watch for advice and you know whatever it may be it sounds like <laughs> whether it's work or anything that's really cool um you do it alone it takes it takes a village it's true it really it really does um and i see that where we're at here we don't we're not nearly as big right now as we hope to be in the future but when we get to go along to work with other families in the area on their, you know, big cattle working days, it's, it's really cool to see how much everybody supports the kids and just wants them to learn and, and be safe while they do it too. <laughs> that it does contribute a huge amount. It's cool to see how much support the kids can give and how better everything flows when they're learning and working and contributing too. <laughs> That was something that um, one time I had my dad come out for calf working because I'm like, you've got to come see this. It's uh, I had never I had never seen people rope and drag calves to the branding. Right. And I'm like, you got to come see this. And he was just amazed by how all of the kids had a job. Hmm. And, you know, when our kids were were young and even even Heidi is still today. Sometimes her job is the squirt bottle um, for when we're castrating our calves. And everybody has 
a job and they feel important and they and they are and it it works better when everybody is doing their role yeah much better when everybody can do one or two things instead of 15. (laughs) yes very good i feel like that's a good analogy for farm work too that's why it takes a community it just it goes so much smoother when there are people working together on it instead of trying to do everything yourself, whether that's sharing labor back and forth or even sharing equipment and making it work that way. I feel like a lot of folks might, especially in the ag world, see a family with two parents who are on the farm and ranch every day and feel like, well, that must be nice. Like, you know, a lot of folks work in town because of insurance reasons or whatever. Um, how do you guys make that work from a cash flow perspective? How did you get to the point where that was a really comfortable or really good decision for your family? If you feel comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge debate when I was trying to decide if I was going to quit my job or not. And it probably bothered me more than it did Mark. <laughs> Uh, just because I there I saw the extra things right that we want we want to be able to do um we want to be able to take a vacation every year we want our youngest to be able to be in tumble and dance lessons and and all of those things um and I think one of the things was I just had to to raise my hands up and say, okay, like if this is meant to be, like we're going to figure out and it's going to work and just kind of trust in the system, um, knowing that I had some, I had skills that I could always fall back on and use. And if I ever decided to go back to teaching, there would be a job somewhere. (laughs) Right. And, and so I just had to jump in and, and see where it took us and what happened. And, and we have been very fortunate that we have, we have made it, we've made it work. Um, insurance, we have it through the insurance marketplace, Obamacare. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and, and just also and that is, and I, and I, and I debate on if it's, it's be for the cash flow reasons, um, or if it's, is if it's me more selfishly wanting something of my own still, um, and to use some of those skills, but I have been amazed by how many opportunities there are to do things from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I mentioned my skincare business and that that's one of the first things that I got into. Um, but then I also out of the blue, I've probably been um, home for a few months and I had a call from a former ag teacher who was in a different position and he said, hey, what are you doing? I'm at home on the farm and I have a newborn. And he asked, have you thought about writing any lesson plans? Well, I used to do that. And I'm like, does it pay? And he said, absolutely, it's paying job. And so again, this is one of those opportunities that I did not see coming. Um, But I said, sure, I would love to write some lesson plans, use my brain that I had used in my former job and get paid for it. And so those types of opportunities have continued to present themselves um, over and over. The ag world is a small world that the FFA world is a small interconnected world. Mm -hmm. And so um, some of 
I, I take on these projects um, to help pay for all the extra things, but also for me too, because I enjoy them. And maybe it helps keep me sane. <laughs> I'm not important. Yeah, that's important too. Well, I appreciate you being willing to share what that looks like for you guys. I know you can tell I'm nervous to talk about it because everyone looks at it so differently perspective wise, but it's an issue that a lot of women on farm space is trying to make that decision. So I appreciate you sharing what it looks like for you guys. So, well, good. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, unless we travel down any other rabbit holes, um, was one thing you mentioned um, when we were talking at the beginning was doing things on your terms. And that line really spoke to me because it's something I value a lot. And I think it's something that a lot of people are realizing a lot of value in. So I wanted to know more about what that meant to you and how that looks for you guys. Well, when I was teaching, we had days that we could take off, but it was hard to take those days off. And when in this, when Mark would say, "Hey, I need, I need, I need you today. Can you get the day off?" and you know they either struggled and might find a sub at the last minute. But guess what? I still had to write sub plans <laughs> so I could be gone at the last minute. Um, and I was awful about not taking those days because I loved teaching and I loved my students and I didn't want them to miss a day. So that was a personal struggle for me. <laughs> and in having had that struggle and appreciating that, uh, the opportunity to, to, to be our own bosses and to have control over our schedule and what we're doing every day is invaluable to us and and I would have a hard time giving that control back <laughs> and and reporting to somebody else um, just because we've we've had that opportunity to design start to design our lives um, the way that we want to and focusing on the priorities that we want to and and I think that it's going to make us healthier I don't know we still. <laughs> We embrace the crazy of the season that we're in, um, but we know that we chose this and we, you know, everything that we're doing, we consciously said, yes, we're going to take that on. We're going to do that. Um, and, and and I think it just makes us feel like we have more control over our lives. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think seeing that shift for myself as well, going from working in an office employed somewhere else to working for myself, the even just in the small things of being able to start dinner in the morning and know that I made that conscious decision versus making it at 6.30 p.m. is a huge, huge difference mm-hmm. being able to do that. And, and I guess the, 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 on the other side is the stress that it does, it does carry, right? Because we we have we're the ones that are doing everything and if something doesn't get done it's because we didn't do it um so there's that i guess that stress of things need to get done and and if they don't we're going to have a a failure (laughs) a crop failure or you know that cash flow problem so there's a lot of responsibility and and stress that comes with being your own boss too 
There is. I I'm love that you brought that up because that's a perspective shift I've been focusing a lot on personally lately is it's a lot of stress because it's so much responsibility to be the one in charge of making sure all these things happen. But it's also a huge pride thing, I think, of like, I am proud to be the one responsible for making these happen, these things happen. And when I look at it from that way, it's so much less stressful. It's more like, I do this because I'm proud to do it, not because everything will blow up if I don't. Yes. And and telling yourself, I get to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this. Just like, you don't have to do a podcast. You get to do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just that little word shift. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on the show today. Um, where can people learn more about you and hear more about your story if they want to follow up? I am on social media, of course. I have Instagram and Facebook, both. Uh, it's my name, Lindsay Hughesman. You can follow me there. Um, sometimes I post a lot and then I have seasons where I'm really busy and that's not my top priority. But um, I do try to share things there and love to to see what others are doing as well. I also have a web page where I post links that are are relevant and important to me. One of my favorites is my recipe links. Um, I love to share recipes that our family enjoys eating. So I always um, put new ones in there. And that website is onamission.bio bio backslash Lindsay Huseman. Perfect. Well, we will link those in the show notes so people can check those out. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com slash guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at at Farming on Purpose on all social media. And let us know what topics you want to hear more about.